Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we talk about love and its power to transform and heal. We talk about all things related to growth, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello and welcome to episode 54, Falling in Love with My Soul. Sally Page is a speaker, medical intuitive, master sound healer, soul purpose coach, international best-selling author, and host of the World Awakening Vibrations radio show for two years. Once a NASA engineer, Sally combines science, consciousness, and intuition to help clients heal and thrive. She has survived two near-death experiences where she found ways to recover far beyond the expectation of doctors. Her experience led her to help others find profound healing and soul metamorphosis. She empowers her clients to express their gifts and live their inner truth with purpose, fulfillment, and joy. In today's episode, Sally shares her powerful story of her path to discovering her heart and soul's purpose. Let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today we have a wonderful, soulful, beautiful guest, Sally. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here today. Yay. So I always start off the podcast talking about a love lesson and specifically what your love lesson is. And a love lesson is a catalyst. It's an aha moment. It's this time in your life where you went through tremendous transformation. And in that transformation, you decided to move in that direction to take that purpose that you've learned to help serve others. So I'd love to learn what your love lesson was. Well, I have a little story to tell you about this. So imagine waking up from such a deep, deep sleep that it takes an intentional effort to open your eyes and wake up. Finally, I opened my eyes and I felt disoriented. I took a moment to take in my surroundings only to realize that I was in intensive care in a hospital and that I had almost died. No one expected me to live, yet here I was, with my eyes open, breathing without a respirator and regaining consciousness after six days in a coma from bacterial meningitis. Bacterial meningitis is a life-threatening infection of the meningi membranes that surround the brain and spinal cord. The people around me were experiencing their own trauma, watching my hands and feet turn black while discussing when to take me off of life support and let me die. Meanwhile, my soul took me on a profound inner journey. I learned that I had a choice and I experienced touching death. It felt so peaceful and so freeing and so loving. Yet, while I was considering whether to to go deeper into this profoundly loving place, I was also weighing my struggles. I had a struggle in my relationship and my marriage. Was I really honoring myself by staying with it? Was I really bringing up my son in the healthiest environment? I was exhausted trying to please someone who could not be pleased. 
And I was ready to surrender and go into this blissful place. And then in this state of a coma, I had a dreamlike vision where I saw my 17-month-old son standing there with his heart broken, his head hanging down, feeling completely abandoned. And in that moment, I had to make a choice. I chose to come back because I had waited for this little child for so long. And my love for him was overwhelming. So I willed myself back into my body and I willed myself to wake up so that I could live to raise my son. I wanted to be sure that he would grow up knowing that he was loved and valued. I wanted him to, to teach him to believe in himself and to follow his dreams. And when I woke up, I had a powerful inner knowing. One, I knew that I had touched death and it was expansive and blissful. Two, I knew that I would live to raise my son. And three, I knew that I would heal and recover completely so that I could help others learn to heal as well. Wow, that is powerful. Like, amazing. And yes. so with that knowing that you were going to help heal others, what you were you doing the healing work before the near-death experience? Or did you wake up knowing, okay, I need to figure this out? Well, I had come from a NASA engineer and I was studying to go. I had signed up for chiropractic school and homeopathic school at Hahnemann. And I was taking the chemistry classes and just a few little things to fill in the medical side of the education. And I found out when I was taking organic chemistry that I was pregnant. And I went to the instructor and I said, I'm really nauseated. I may have to leave during class. I just want you to know I'm pregnant and that's what's going on. But, you know, I may have to leave from time to time if it gets bad. And he's like, oh my God, let me check the chemicals to see if you've been exposed to anything that damaged the fetus. And I'm like, what? So I went and got the list and he went through the chemicals and I had not been exposed to anything that was dangerous to this point. And then we talked about it. And he said, you know, your next semester in school, you'll be in chiropractic school and you'll be doing cadaver work. And at that point, you will be exposed to very nasty chemicals. And I'm like, oh, this is not something I'm going to do. So I stopped. I go, that's, that's it. I'm not going to do this right now. I'm going to take care of myself, have a healthy baby. And then when he starts back to school, I'll start back to school. Got it. So I did that. But then I had my baby at 17 months. I had bacterial meningitis wow. and it changed everything because my recovery was not easy. The doctors came back in um, when they were getting ready to release me. And they said, we just want you to know your recovery will be very limited. You're not going to have the functionality or the quality of life that you used to have. And while I listened to them say these words, I had an inner knowing that these words were not even real because of what I'd experienced in that near death state. So I was very challenged. I had to learn to, to, to take a shower with a occupational therapist. I had to learn to walk again. I turned gray for the first year if I was upright 
more than a short time, I had huge balance issues, extensive nervous system damage. And it took me a long time just to be able to write an email message. It was just incredible what I'd been through. And I was so grateful to have that hope that I'd been given in the coma state to know that I wouldn't be stuck in this dysfunctional state forever. And after about a year, I found this guy who did body talk and three sessions with him did more than a whole year of doing uh, osteopathic work, uh, Jin Shin Jitsu, uh, Feldenkrais therapies. And all these therapies were really, really good. And they helped me. I was walking and functioning so much better. But what this did was life-changing for me. Within three weeks, I could balance better. I wasn't turning gray anymore. And I'm like, wow, whatever it takes, I have to do this. That's so as amazing. soon as I was functioning well enough, I signed up and that's what I did. You signed up for, to become a body coach, a body talk person. Body talk. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And can you explain a little bit? I know what it is, but explain to the audience like what body talk is. So body talk is a system that deals with a scientific set of protocols and it has a flow chart, but the flow chart does not flow through logic. It has to be, you have to tap into your intuition to make it flow. And the first time I met Dr. Valtime, who created this body talk system, I went to him and I said, I'm a NASA engineer. I can help you with this flow chart because it doesn't flow. And he goes, it's not supposed to. It's your intuition that has to flow. So thanks to this training, I really expanded my intuitive awareness. And I got deeper and deeper into this healing process. And it was amazing. And it deals with like your physical body, your mental body, your emotional body, your consciousness and your soul. That was awesome. But as I spent time in it, I wanted more. So I got training in many other modalities to just fill in because what I found out through my own experience and from dealing with clients who worked with me over long periods of time is that it doesn't just do healing. It awakens your consciousness and soul. And that's the biggest healing that you can get really to discover who you are in this world, what your gifts are and what your purpose is. Yeah. I love that. Cause I think that's what it's all about is understanding who you are and being able to live from that space. So is that kind of what inspired you to become a sole purpose coach to really help people get to in touch with their soul's purpose? Um, I found out that's what I was actually doing. Uh, the people who wanted to go deep with me, I was actually doing this. I, I do work where I go through clearing past lives. I do past life regression. I do, I, I bring back fragmented soul pieces and frequently what keeps us ill is that it's not just this lifetime. It's something in this lifetime that is triggered by maybe five past lives where you went through the same patterns or the same scenarios. And as you clear these, then the body can heal at a whole new level. And then you bring in, you bring the soul pieces back that were fragmented by these traumas or these wounds. And then the soul becomes more complete and the person just grows and changes. 
it just it's a privilege to watch what people go through when they do this. Yeah. And I, I honestly really just love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds it sounds like you do love your work. I mean, it's so amazing to watch people transform and get in touch with their authentic their authenticity and getting seeing people live from their heart and from their purpose. Yes, it is. And we talk a lot about love on this show. And part of what you do is helping people get reconnected to their soul, but not only their soul, but their heart, right? To the idea yes. of love and how love is yes. an important tool in their life. So one thing I found out for myself is as an engineer and as someone who grew up with abuse, I was very shut off from my heart. And people would say, just tune into your heart. And I'm like, what do you mean just tune into your heart? How would you do that? I don't even get it. How do you feel and perceive your heart? So I went to heart math and I took all the training I could get. I became a coach. I became an uh, instructor and heart math. And that process was so powerful. It taught me to become very heart aware. And I find that people who have heart issues like heart congestion, heart failure, are frequently people who have cut off some aspect of love for themselves. And by helping them expand back into that love, that's very healing. And even, even if they have a damaged heart, if you can heal their ability to receive love, to feel love, to be love, and to give love, they lead a different life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing. Yeah, because um, I just love heart math and it's been fascinating to watch for those that have never been on their website. You should check out their website and yes. how the heart is way more powerful than the mind of the brain, that it, the electromagnetic field of the heart is like seven times bigger than the brain. And that's been, when I learned that I was like, oh my God, that of course that makes total sense. Cause we are always, we're such heart connected people. I mean, I feel like humans are all about the heart always about connecting to the heart and finding ways to love more. And it's one yes. of these areas that's the most painful, but also the most powerful. Yes. If they're healed enough to feel their heart and actually connect that way. And honestly, some people aren't. And that's where when you shut off a part of yourself, that leads to health issues eventually. Yeah. And that's where they come to people like you or like me and if they're willing to go there, they have such amazing healing. Right. And heart disease is the number one killer in America. Yes. And the other thing is being in your heart is what brings life meaning and value and fulfillment. And if you don't create those loving relationships, and if you don't love yourself, that's a huge struggle. So if you're not in a place where you feel that love experience, get support. It will change your life. And everyone has this capacity, no matter how wounded they are, they just need support to get there. Yeah, I love that you're saying that because it's true. I think it's one of these places that people don't realize how much um, seen and unseen support that they have in their life, even currently. Like there's yes. so much yes. that we have, there's so much love around each and every one of us that if we start to pay attention, we actually start to see, yes, there are all these people that love me. 
And I know for myself, when I was in my own pain and my own darkness, you always are this, this always this saying of, oh my God, no one understands me. I'm so alone. Like there's like the ego will always trick you to make you feel like there's nobody in the world that is going through what you're going through, but it's a total bold face lie. Oh. Yes, it is. Fear is always a lie. Yes. And fear keeps you in the illusion that you're not this amazing love, that you are alone. And none of that is true. Your heart actually has a portal in it that connects you to the divine heart. And all hearts are, are made as connective fields to connect with each other. When you walk into a room and you, you're like happy to be there, that's your heart. It knows it's in a good place. It's with people who are loving and welcoming and accepting. Or if you walk into a place and it's like, ooh, I feel like I should go. That's heart intuition telling you, something's not right. There's not love in this space. Mm -hmm. So your heart's amazing when you learn how to listen to it. Yeah. And that's the trick, learning how to listen to it and learning how to feel it and understanding there's different kinds of loves. Cause I also think when people hear the word love, they always kind of attribute it to romantic love, parental love, but there's so many different types of love. And I'd love yes. to learn more about how you see love and what and how you would explain love to your clients. Love is the core of what we are. We may not feel it or know it, but the more you wake up to this love awareness, and it's a step-by-step -step process, the stronger you become in this love area. So there's actually something called universal laws. When you work with the awareness of the universal law, you start flowing better in all aspects of your life. And the law of love actually has 12 qualities. And this is not about an emotional love. This is about a conscious love, the, this love that is anchored in your soul and also in your heart. This is the love that's at the core of all of life. So one quality of love is purpose, knowing your purpose, living your purpose, potential, Claiming your potential, grace, grace is magical. Grace is you do your part and the divine takes you where you couldn't go without grace. It's amazing. And then there's surrender, surrendering the fear, surrendering the illusion, surrendering to a higher divine consciousness that knows your highest and best path. Surrender is powerful because then you're no longer responsible for making the choices. Then you have a heart that guides your way to your highest and best choice. And then there's also the rhythm of life. There's, there's cycles of life and there's, there's rhythms. There's a time to give love, a time to receive love, a time just to be in love, a time to radiate love and quietness and a time to grow your love through your inner work. There's free will because when the truth of who we are as a species is that when we are operating from heart awareness, our free will is essential to the service of our soul and no one's going out and doing bad stuff or mean stuff or causing problems in the world if they're in a space of heart-centered free will. The other thing is vibration. 
it takes us up into a higher vibration of consciousness where we're literally able to see new possibilities and divine solutions. Then there's cause and effect. What is your intention when you do something? If your intention is love, that's a cause that will bring about a new effect. So it's life-changing. And then there's wisdom. This is the difference between you're trying to choose a path and you've got to climb the mountain to do it. It's making sure that you're climbing the right mountain when you listen to your heart. Your head may look, oh, this looks like a good project. I'll take that on. But your heart has the wisdom to know which is the right project or the right mountain to climb. So that wisdom takes you on the path of purpose and meaning and fulfillment. And then evolution. We are here to grow the love that we are. And the more that we grow that love, the more that we give that way, the bigger it gets inside of us. And then there's polarity. Polarity is like a balancing of, of the different aspects of love within us. And the heart is a balancing place. So there's the giving. So you actually have your, your right hand is the giving hand and the left hand is the receiving hand. They should be in balance because you want to give out of the abundance of joy and love. And you want to receive the joy and love that is giving, given to you. And there's a balance in that. So there's a polarity of love that you need to balance to have the flow of love that improves your life. That was like everything. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, there's so much to unpack there. And I think it's important for people to understand that love is so deep. It's such a healing, it's so deep. such a healing tool and like we talked about earlier there's pretty much this love and fear so there's pretty much there's two choices which yes. is kind of easier because you're like okay i can either be in love or i can be in fear and it, one of those energies is running me right now and i am always like trying to help people figure out okay what is running you in this moment like are you in a place of love or are you in a place of fear oh i love that Right. Because it's pretty much are you contracted? Are you expanded? Like what's and I always go from a physical place because I'm a physical person. And that's usually a great indication of where I'm at. Like if I feel open and comfortable and relaxed, I'm more in a loving place. If I feel contracted and oh, that, yeah, you know, just contracted and feeling tight and tension, I'm usually in a place of fear. And that's usually a good place for most people to start because they can't necessarily always know what they're feeling but they can yes. tell what their body is doing because that's such an obvious thing. So when you work with people, what are ways that you start to show them how they can see love in different aspects of their life? Well, I try to bring out where it's working mm -hmm. and where they hold the most potential for improvement because people need to see improvement to give them hope that they can move forward. Right. So, for example, the basic polarity of love, are they giving and receiving equally? That's a huge one. Because if people can't receive love, or if they can't give love, maybe they're not loving themselves. And that's, then they need to start with that. Yeah, it always goes back to self-love. I mean, I feel like that's what I talk about the most, because that's what I mean, that's, it's just, 
it's just how it is. Like you can't it's, understand love. It's the life. foundation of love. Mm -hmm. And we've been taught, I mean, many people have been taught that they're, they're worthless sinners. They have no value. If you've grown up in abuse or a home without healthy boundaries, you may feel very much like you're not enough. You're not valued. You're not smart enough, rich enough, educated enough, whatever it is. Right. That's just the lack of self-love telling you the lie that is not true. Yeah. Because That's whatever you are meant to be, all of those gifts are inside of you. Yeah. And you're very, very capable and skilled at what you are here to do. You just have to allow yourself to love yourself enough to let that out. Beautiful. And also realize that your love is valuable. I think that's another one that yes. I, I used to struggle yes. with feeling like, oh, like, sure, I can love myself, but I mean, it's, it's not that important or whatever the negative voice that, tell you, that tells you that your love is not important in the world because yes. every single person has value and their love is meaningful. And just yes. in terms of balancing the craziness of this planet at, to the very, at the very least, it's like important to at least counteract everything else that's happening. And I love what you're saying, because when people are in this place where they haven't really had a healed heart and it's not really flowing in all these areas, they may not even know why they're having trouble with it. They may really struggle with these places. Like they don't know why they don't feel good about themselves. They don't know why they're continually really looking in a, a negative direction or feeling hopeless in life, but that's what's going on. They, it's, it's, it's time to build the love. And love is such an amazing thing because it's when you leave this physical life, it's the only thing you take with you and the only thing you leave behind that can make a life-changing difference when you're gone. Yeah, it's important to say that because I think even all of us get stuck in the like, oh, I want to have a legacy. I want to have a house and a car and the clothes and the money and the success and all these material things that ultimately you're not going to take when we die. We're, we're not going to build pyramids of all our right. like of all of our goods. And, and there's, there's yeah. nothing wrong with people having a comfortable life. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But the rich Absolutely. People deserve to live in abundance. I'm 100% for that. Me too. But it's the love that is the richness mm -hmm. that you leave behind in people's hearts. Yeah. I love um, Maya Angelou's quote, like people often forget what you say, but they never forget how you made them feel. I love that one. Yeah. That's, isn't it? It's, but it's that's true. A, yeah. That's one of my favorites. It's excellent because think about the people in your life that are, have passed away. And the people that you really love are still in your heart. Always. Yeah. And then you, you think about, wow, I got there because I had this person in my life who had this incredible love, this incredible insight, and they shared it with me. Mm -hmm. And that changed who I am in the world. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't have made that without them. I couldn't be who I am without those incredible gifts of love that were given to me by people who really touched my heart, people who really reached out to me in a loving, giving way. That is powerful. 
It makes all the difference in the world. I think when we all go back into our lives and think about our favorite teachers or mentors or friends or family members, it's always because they were an extremely kind person, compassionate, loving, non-judgmental, inclusive, accepting, all those aspects of different variations of love that make a huge difference. And I think the biggest one is kindness for, you know, if people sometimes can't think about love, but they can think about kindness, like being kind. We always remember customer service. That's nice service. You go to a restaurant. Oh my God, the owner was so nice. The food wasn't great, but the owner was nice. You know, that's something that we always like, that's like the biggest deal is having kindness and we all appreciate it when we feel it. We not only appreciate it, if we take it in, it changes our own heart. Mm-hmm. When we accept kindness and love and compassion and empathy, if we can just breathe it in, even for a moment, it allows our heart to become a little bit bigger, right. a little bit more expansive and a little stronger when we need to exercise love ourselves down the road. It's like, it's, it's like a reservoir of growth if we take love in and give love away. Yeah, and I think the more that you focus on love for yourself, like how can I be a loving person? How can I give more love? Then you attract more love also. because So it becomes a yes. very positive way of living because you start to see the kindness in people. You start to see the gratitude, the appreciation, the empathy, the compassion. And the more that you focus on it, the more it grows. So that's also another thing to think about because every anything you put your energy towards, it starts to build and grow. Absolutely. And it's even important for people to have a practice every day where they just tune in and set their intention to be love in the world every day. Just think how amazing this world would be if more people did that. Like just, it can be five minutes in the morning and you just breathe in a prayer or an intention into your heart of how can I be loved today? And just take a moment of meditation or listening to the voice of your soul, the voice of the divine, whatever, whatever you tune into as your higher power, what, what, what areas can I be more loving in today? And just listen to the response. You will be guided and your life will start to be amazing. And the other thing that I've done for a long time is in my signature, in my emails, I have either love or gratitude, because when you're in an, when somebody responds in a nasty way to you for some reason, and they're just irritated and it may not even be anything about you. Yeah. It's, it's so important to stay in that place of love and gratitude with them. Because you can be the game changer for them. And you can also keep yourself from being taken down in your vibration and consciousness if you hold the intention of love. And this is more, this isn't, if you don't go into the emotion of love, you're going into the principle of love. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing to live in love. And even the most irritating people in my life, I will respond to with love and gratitude. And if nothing else It's for the lesson that they're giving me by being in this place. And if if they're in a place of irritation, they can't see the love and gratitude. But what if we can hold that space for them? It can 
sometimes allow them to calm down and unwind. This is like being the voice of peace to someone who can't find their peace. And it's not about making yourself the victim. You don't have to stand there and take unkind words or insults from people. It's about not engaging in the negativity. It's about, you can say, you know, that's where you look at limiting what you need to say and being done with the word exchange if they're being nasty. But if you can just calm a little irritation with kindness, love, compassion, that's wonderful. But I think people think love is all this woo-woo stuff because they think you have to be airy-fairy about it or you either have to be a victim or a pushover. And that's not the case. If, if you've got a child that's ever gotten in trouble at school, it's you, you go in and do your best for that child because of love, but that doesn't mean you don't hold them responsible. That doesn't mean you don't hold the child uh, accountable for their actions and make them do something to make it right, to teach them that they need to be respectful to others and responsible for their behavior. And they need to act out of loving kindness that drives their actions and drives their words. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the tough love, that's where the tough love comes. That's on. parents have to have tough love. Love yeah. is not the mushy stuff. I can tell you, no. I've done so much more for love out of my son that I would never have done without that love. Mm -hmm. Love gives you the strength. It gives you the wisdom. It gives you the fortitude to face what you couldn't face without it. Yeah. And it's also dealing with the shadow aspects of our lives, right? Because we all have negativity yes. and all of that. And without enough love, it's hard to push past those moments. And also, I think it's interesting that life always presents these situations. Like whenever I have this declaration, I'm going to be a loving person today, then there's going to be somebody that cuts me off on the road or somebody that's going to be super nasty. And in those moments, it's like, are you going to choose love or are you going to choose fear or anger or whatever? Because I think that's the real test is like when somebody is being not so kind and you deciding to be kind anyway and be yes. anyway. And that's when it's really like, yes. Okay, and that's where you grow your love muscle. Right. That's where you grow this conscious love that goes beyond who you are to being a higher version of yourself. Yeah. And the more you do that, the easier it gets. Yeah, and it's hard though. It's, it's, it's amazing hard. to watch. I was in line at a UPS op office for shipping and there was a guy literally having a temper tantrum. No, I want you to rewrap this package for me. And the lady was saying, sir, it is, we are not authorized to do that. It's not legal for us to reship, rewrap your package for shipping. And he was just trying to get nasty and push her into doing it. And the people, she remained calm, but the person was really abusive mm -hmm. verbally. And uh, someone just said, sir, the lady has done her best to explain it. If you just take a moment and rewrap your package, I'm sure she'll take care of you. And I think because a man said that, mm -hmm. that was bigger than this person, <laughs> and he didn't say it, he was not being insulting. Mm -hmm. He said it was softness. But because he was a person with a big presence and a soft approach, I think they took it in, they stepped back and they stopped causing the problem. 
So that was so interesting for me to watch because this was actually a very uh, conscious loving person. This man who made this comment because he took this guy out of attack mode because he could keep this calm, loving presence, but he also had a great strength about him. Right. He was not someone that would step back if the guy, you know, got heated up at a, even more than he was. He was someone who would just stand there and say, no, you can't do this. Right. And I think if he had gone in that in the attitude of where that guy was, because you had talked about love cha- lifting the vibration, if he had yes. gone, if he'd lowered his vibration of anger and stress the guy probably wouldn't have had that reaction, but because he went into that place with a higher vibration of love and was consistent with it, then he was able to shift the, the other person's um, attitude, yes. which is so Yes. Important. It was really, uh, I was really impressed by everyone there. Everyone else was really calm. Everyone else really held a high level of energy. And it's like the world is becoming a more loving place. So Let's that was hope. beautiful to see. <laughs> I think the COVID has very much shifted people's um, inner world because it has. Um, there's so much that's happened in the last 18 months, 19, almost two, almost two years, right? Where it's like you really have to start to see what's really important in life. Yes. Like, are we going to like, is this the rock that you want to die on? Or do you want to really shift and become something different? Exactly. And that's really what it's all about. It's about fear and illusion. And stepping into a bigger picture of love than we've ever stepped into before. Mm -hmm. And it's calling the entire world to wake up right now. Wake up and embrace the love. Love isn't fear and separation. Love is the greatest power of healing. It is the greatest strength of who we are. And our greatest hope is in love. 100%. So let's get into some infinite love questions. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> so the first one is, how do you use love in your work? Love is always present with everything I do. Because if it is not honoring the heart and soul of the person that I'm working with, then it's not happening with what I do. Love is honoring the heart and soul of others. And it's also honoring the heart and soul of you. So it's really important to me that people have a tangible experience of love when they're working with me. It is really important that they feel respected and that I guide them to step into, if it's someone that I'm working with, I have several three month long programs. So it's important to me, part of my goal is always to guide them into a higher, more loving level of who they are, to heal their love flow so that they can give, receive, and be loved and love themselves. And then if they're, if that's working, then it's to help them really focus on what matters most to them. And it's not like you have to go out and change the whole world with love. You, you just need to change one thing that matters at a time. And maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's someone at work who's grumpy and having a hard time. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know what all the relationships are, but if, if they're struggling to love in an area of their life, 
and they can get past that struggle, then they've expanded the love that they are by the time we're done with the class. So that's very valuable to me. But I think that love is also always respectful of a person's choice. Love is always responding to the call of the heart and soul within them. And that's what I seek to do in all my healing work. I love that. It's so beautiful. And it's it's important to understand that just helping one person is like enough to like shift the whole world. Just because you don't you never yes. know what being kind to one person would mean and who that person is and how that shifted their whole life. And it's like that domino yes. effect for sure. Absolutely. And we need that domino effect right now. Yeah, in such a huge way, which kind of leads to the second question is how is your work, how is your work used to serve humanity? Well, I have another aspect to my work because I'm trained in HeartMap and they teach a process of coherence. I teach a process of creative coherence that builds on that where we tap into different aspects of body awareness and intuitive awareness to create a creative coherence and focus on what we wanna create in our life. And for women, we use our womb. Your womb is a huge creative force if you're a woman. You, You know this because wombs can birth babies. So we know it's already a working creative zone. Your womb is a place that takes the formless and births it into form. And you can birth your work, you can birth your vision, your dreams, your purpose. It's not just about making babies. When you know how to use this consciously, it's your power tool. And for both men and women, there's a a chakra right under your navel, and it is not your Hara point. It is very close to it. It's called the Nata Bendu point. And your soul is literally woven with the soul of your creator. And you can use whatever word for your creator you want, but they're literally woven together so that you can create with divine alignment. So in this class, I teach people universal law so they know when they're creating to access the highest power of creation, you must be in a heart of love. Mm, I love Because that. that is the power. Love is the superpower that can change the world. And that's why it's important. Absolutely. And we all have it. We all have it. We just have to tap in and be aware. And not be afraid to spread it. I think. Yes, definitely spread the love. Mm -hmm. For sure. What does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in the world? I think it's that... Regardless of the circumstances around you, regardless of the people around you, it is a choice that you make, a commitment to your soul, a commitment to serve divine will, that you here are here to be a force of love in this world, that regardless of what goes on, you must meet it with love. And once you make that choice, it will require you to grow. <laughs> A lot. But in a in a good way. Because like I said earlier, you were talking about, you know, when you make a commitment to be loving, then you're challenged. And when you make this commitment to be the love in the world, then you're going to be challenged. But that challenge 
and it and they may be difficult and that's okay because the more challenges you get the stronger you're going to be and what's difficult for you to handle when you begin this three months down the road will be like oh i know how to do that now it's yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> so you grow <laughs> totally what do you love most about your life i love that i get to do work that helps other people become more of their inner truth, more of their love expression in the world, and more aligned with their soul purpose. And this is all involved in their healing. As they're doing, as they're healing, this is what's happening on a bigger scale anyway, because it's conscious love-based healing. Nice. And how do you feel you receive love? When someone does a kindness to you, and this is something I had to change earlier in my life. When someone is kind, offering you a gift or a compliment or just does something kind to you, accept it with gratitude, no matter what. So, you know, there are people who you give them a compliment and they're saying, no, no, I'm not that, or I don't deserve that really, you know, they're, there's a, a wall between them and their self-love that tells them they're not worthy of that, but everyone's worthy of that. Yeah. And it's really just receiving the love that you get and recognizing it. Even if you just walk outside and you smell a flower, that flower is giving you a gift of love fragrance. Mm -hmm. Welcome it with joy. Yes. Welcome it with gratitude. Nice. When do you feel the most love? I definitely feel a huge amount of love when my clients have a success for, for my work life mm -hmm. or when I've done something really hard to overcome one of my barriers of love that, that just, there's just something that wells up here in your heart. If you've really had a challenge getting someone to move forward or helping them heal in their life, and you watch their life turn around. That's just such a gift. But with my family, when my family opens their heart and connects, it's wonderful. And, you know, my family's not perfect. They're just normal people. But it's, it's when those moments of love come up, it's fuel yeah. that grows your superpower of love again. Mm -hmm. So that you know that you can love more and give more love. And receive even more love as you're going forward because you've taken yourself through a greater expansion of it. You've invited that in consciously. Yeah. Or maybe unconsciously. I mean, certainly when I had meningitis, I didn't know what I didn't, I never thought I was going to go into the hospital and have a choice to live or die. I lost consciousness early on in, in the process. I just knew I was very sick. It was shocking to wake up and find out that I had almost died. And then it's like, oh, I haven't done what really matters most. I haven't raised my son. I want my son to be raised with love. I want him to really know how valued and loved he is and to really have that anchored in him so he can have that to, you know, have a better life. Yeah. So those big, important things it's important to be aware of what they are 
and really pour your love into it because it's easy to get caught up in life and not caught up in the giving of love, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, if you live in a a business world or a high tech world or a, a world that's very demanding, which a lot of people do, it takes intention to bring love into the world. So I think that's an important part of it. Set your intention to give love where it matters most. I love that. And my last question is, where has love created a miracle in your life? Mm-hmm. Wow. There's, there's many. I'm, let me think of a good one. Mm. Mm. I've got to pick the right one here. Let's see. I, this is where love creates the miracles. I send out love energy to invite the clients to me that I can help the most and who are meant to work with me. And when one of these shows up in an unexpected place, that's a miracle of love for me. And that's happened recently. I sent out an email inviting people to my program and I got on a call with this woman and I go, tell me how you found out about me. And she goes, you know, I don't know. I've never heard of you before. I've never signed up for your email list. Your email just popped up on my screen. And I knew I had to call you. So I would say that's a miracle of love. I love that. Well, how can people find you? What's the best way for people to work with you and get your services? I have a website called Life Force Directory, which is not just me. It offers my services But if my services aren't a fit for you, because I'm an intuitive, I can help you find someone who's the right fit for you if you are interested in holistic healing. I also offer lots of supportive things, and I have events you can sign up for that are free, and I have uh, medical intuitive three-month transformation uh, program to help support people going through significant medical issues, surgeries, if they're, if they're going through something where they need extra support, or if they just want to go through personal conscious growth, that's a really great alternative. And then the other thing I do is my creative soul purpose, where I help people learn how to create, where women, I help women learn how to create using the power of their womb. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Sally, for being on the podcast. I love your energy and your wisdom. It it was such a pleasure having you today. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to meet you and I'm glad to know that you're nearby. So we'll have hopefully have another opportunity to connect. Yes, absolutely. Sending you lots of love. Lots of love. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. You can connect with me on Instagram at Corinne J. Kamara, sending you infinite love.